And so I looked this morning and our numbers are at 56.4 on what we call post matter. So after the case is over, so these post matter survey questions we send out, we're at 56.4, which is a, for those of you who hear 56 and go, that's a failing grade. It is exactly the opposite of a failing grade. Welcome to the Jay Sterling Hughes Show, where we share the secrets and strategies of how we are building a rapidly growing family law practice. You know, over the past nine years, we have grown from zero attorneys to 25 and doing over 15 million in revenue. My purpose here is to document what's working and what's not working in our practice with hopes that you can take that and you can recontextualize that for your practice and shorten your success curve. My guest today is my partner, Tony Carls. Uh, Tony and I together started the firm way back in 2014. We first started talking about it in 13 started it in 14. He has a wealth of information to share on our topic today, which is client service scores. In particular, we use the net promoter score called NPS. And Tony is a master of business processes, service processes. And so he's the expert in talking about this in our firm. So Tony, I remember when you approached me, boy, going back probably year two and said, hey, I think we should use NPS. And I said, what is NPS? And I'll let you explain what you told me. Yeah, so NPS is uh, an acronym for Net Promoter Score. Uh, It's Client Service Survey. It's not a very forgiving survey or process, but essentially it tells us how well we're doing and how likely we are to get referrals. So it's used by lots of large companies. It's now in, you know, 2024. It's more widely used. When we first started using it, we were probably on an early adopter curve there because mostly big businesses would use it. Small businesses weren't using it very much. But basically what it does, it's a, it's one question survey. How likely are you to refer a family or friend? Scale of one to 10. If you get a nine or 10, you get a point. If you get a seven or an eight, you get zero points. If you get a six or lower, you get negative one points. And you take your, your points, you divide it by your survey. So if you get a, a 10, an eight, and a six, your net promoter score is zero because you have zero points, one, one plus zero plus or minus one divided by three, your net promoter score is zero. Zero divided by three. On a Google score, what you're going to see is a four. So for all of you shoppers out there, if you are, if you're buying stuff and you're buying stuff from a four star rated business, it's net promoter score is probably a zero. Yeah. It's a very unforgiving score, but it's super helpful operationally so we can get in front of stuff. We use it, we use it quite, quite a lot. Yeah. So if someone gives, a eight. That's me. Well, that's pretty good. But you're saying that, no, that's not so good. That means they're neutral, right? They're neutral. Yep. They're a neutral actor in the marketplace. So, which means statistically they, if asked, mm-hmm. they will say positive things about you. Yeah. But if you don't ask them, they're going to say nothing about you. Okay. We're a, we're a net, we're a six. They're going to actively go blast you all over the world. <laughs> They're going to just say everything mean and dirty about you that they can. Nines yeah. or tens are going to actively go tell people in their network how great you are. Right. So seven or an eight is, it's it's basically useless because unless someone asks them, they're not going to say anything. Yeah. So the question is on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend Sterling Law to your friend or your family member? And if they say 10, they're like, yes, they're all over that. If they say eight, you're like, oh, well, at least you're not blasting us. If they say six, that's like red alert time. You need to like fix that relationship before it gets any worse. So, Mm -hmm. so we started employing that and we've used that in various different ways. So walk through the evolution of how we started using it and how we use it today, why we made changes along the way, what we learn about it. So first off, this is for a law firm. So 
you might be getting to this, but our, our team at the early outset, they hated this. So they, they couldn't stand it. Some of them today still don't like it. They think it's unfair. It is unfair. It's a very unfair scoring system. So we got resistance right away because we're kind of digging into the weeds of like, how well are you serving the client? Mm-hmm. And in our space specifically, we're not selling, you know, puppy dogs and fairy tales. Like we're probably people navigate really hard situations. Right. Um, and we can do the best we can. We can't out guarantee any outcome in court and when our team does what they should be doing from a legal perspective and executing that really, really well, and then they get a negative score, there's there's kind of a cognitive dissonance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we found is our team that services the clients well, even if they get a negative outcome in court or not a favorable outcome for the client, right. they can still get good client service scores. And those clients will still refer clients to us because they felt like we fought for them. They right. they felt like we cared. That's why we use it because we want our clients leaving feeling like we we cared. We carried the burden during this time. We did what we could to help you be in the best possible place with your family after you walked through a divorce or paternity action. Those are fun situations. Yeah. Yeah. So your original question is how do we deploy it? So at, at first, when we first launched it, we just launched it after the case was over. So we can measure what their total experience was. And that was good, but it was kind of a reactive score. And it helped us, it helped us learn a lot, but we weren't out in front of client issues or potential client issues. As we navigated that and started talking about it and campaigning it internally and working through helping the team understand the why, we added two more scoring intervals. So the first one we do is actually right after the consultation because we really care about how you feel coming in. So if we're not getting nines and tens in those, we have an issue in terms of how we're, how we're showing up because right. you're, if you're a client going through one of these scenarios, like we need to show up for you so that you know that we're, we're we have your back when you go through this. So, and like, it's super easy for us to show up in a consultation. There's nothing there mm-hmm. other than like, we got to show up in the consultation. Right. Um, and we have really good scores there. Like now we're, we're in the nineties consistently, which is fantastic. Um, so that's helped in our, how we're showing up in the consultation room. We also do it after 90 days after funding. Um, and we do that so we know how well were they onboarded? How, how well did they get onboarded? And how are they feeling about our service before the case is over? This is an opportunity for us if it's not going great for us to fix it. Or yeah. if we weren't, if they weren't onboarded well, maybe it's, maybe it's on our team. Maybe it's on the corporate side with some process we're running or some team member there that's helping with the data gathering at the beginning or some issue there uh, that we need to address that like set the attorney up to get a bad score. So mm-hmm. we now do it at three different intervals right after the consultation, 90 days into the case. So we know how we're doing, how likely are we going to be successful there? Um, and then after the case is over. So yeah. what we care about the most is the one after the case is over, because that's the one that they're leaving with. So if they have bad taste in their mouth, then we're not in a good spot. Uh, approximately how long are our, is our average case? What's uh, the- as of today, it's like 204 days, roughly. Okay. So. so when you're taking their temperature roughly 90 days, you're almost at the halfway point. So now you've evaluated onboarding. That also gives us a, a chance to fix things if they're south yeah. over these next half of the case, essentially. We're all, that's where all the heavy stuff happens anyway, whenever you're right. concluding it, right? Right after the consult at 90 days and then after the case is over. And that's the one that we measure the most because that's after all is said and done, the dust has settled. That's what the client is telling us they feel, yep. right? And I know that a lot of times 
I mean, these scores go to the lawyer's work, but a lot of the work mm -hmm. that's done with that client is outside of the of that lawyer. We have paralegals, we have certainly support staff that interact with the client. How have we managed the quote fairness around that for the lawyer? Because sometimes they don't have any control and they get impacted by stuff outside of their control. If we're seeing a score that's directly related to kind of how we've serviced them with, with a support team member, mm -hmm. that score will get reassigned to or so it doesn't impact the attorney's individual score because we do manage them to uh, NPS. We have expectations around that, but we don't delete it. We we acknowledge it and we look for opportunities to improve where we need to. So it doesn't matter which team member it hits. It's our responsibility to own the fact. Now there's a consumer in the marketplace that didn't have a great experience with us. And that's, you know, it's not a great place. It increased marketing costs and decreases referrals. There's a whole host of issues with not doing this well that show up on your financial statement that they're kind of hidden. You don't really see them unless you experience going from one end to the other from a service yeah. perspective. So when we send out these surveys, the MPS survey at those three different intervals, what is the typical response rate from clients that we see on each of those? And those go out by email. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So we'll send them out by email. Um, <clears throat> All of them have about a 30% response rate on there after you, so they're, they're super high click-through rate on these emails. In total of the ones we send out by clients, we get about 30% back. So on a daily basis, now that we're bigger, there's some of the emails I still pay attention to the most is like, just scan through all our NPS surveys, we get about 15 to 20 a day. And I'm just in my head doing a calculation. How many do we got? What's our score today? Um, yeah. It's a pretty good measuring tool for me to see like how well are how well are we servicing our clients? And approximately how many responses do you think we need before we have a pretty good statistical relevancy on mm -hmm. that particular lawyer or legal team members MPS numbers for their clients? If we're looking at it from like a performance perspective for attorneys, if it's less than thirty, it's likely not a good enough volume of scores. So uh -huh. just looking at the score and not looking at the volume is dangerous because you might have three and like if one is a negative and one's neutral and one's a positive, we already talked about what that score would be. It'd be a zero, but your yeah. data set's super small. So it's, it's not super relevant. So when we look at our team member, what we're looking at as a comparison is what is their 12 month trailing NPS score that typically puts us in a spot where they'll have at least 30 scores against their mm -hmm. all time score. Mm -hmm. So we're comparing those two because we can see where they're trending. How are they doing? Yeah. If there is any issues, the notes that we get back from them, you can kind of like data mine and see the pattern. You touched on this earlier around we're in family law. So we're dealing with clients that are by and large really in a hurting spot in their life. Yeah. And we know hurting people hurt. They lash out. That's just the nature of our humanity. Right. You know, and sometimes they do things that really are not reasonable or fair. It's just the, the way this business goes. And we've allowed for some carve out for our team for those type of clients. Could you talk to some of the exceptions or maybe the caveats that we've carved out around those type of clients? They're pretty limited, but if we run into a client that is like dealing with some sort of mental health thing and we receive a score there, that will usually discount. Like there's, there's limited situations, there's not a ton. Um, those are going to be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis almost mm -hmm. exclusively and it'll get 
kind of our managing partner involved and the attorney and we'll do a touch base with the client on those and just kind of see like what's what's happening here to get the whole story and then it'll be up to the managing partner to decide whether or not that score is included or not included and that, that's kind of how that process works so it's it's not many that get get removed we want to see an authentic score but mm-hmm. in rare circumstances that'll happen so i would say if, if i were to tell you a percentage it's probably one out of 90 to 100 it's a pretty mm-hmm. rare circumstance i mean yeah what's unique to what's interesting to me is that over time there are a consistent group of attorneys in our practice that consistently have high numbers yeah and you're in and you're out. So you put all that together. That just tells you how good they are at really taking care and loving on these clients. You know, one of the things that you were talking that came to mind, some of the mistakes that we've had, and this is something that took us a while to kind of figure out how to get right consistently was when a client would leave generally under a negative circumstance, they would get upset. They didn't like something and they would leave. We would still send them the MPS score later and just rub salt in the wound that they felt right. So what have we had to do to kind of prevent that from happening and how have we managed through that? Again, that's a, so it's a pretty easy process that we manage through Slack, but in the rare circumstance that happens, the attorney lets the managing partner know and they'll contact the, who runs our marketing to put them in our do not contact list. That client is scored. So like they don't, it doesn't disappear. It doesn't like get not scored. It gets automatically scored as a negative, but we don't like punch the bee's nest on purpose to just get stung yeah. in the face again. That doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, cause usually in those circumstances, a managing partner or a partner has already gotten involved. They talked to the client prior to leaving. So like we've already done the thing that we would do after we got a negative score back. So doing that process again, just essentially is like stepping in a hornet's nest. Yeah. And so I looked this morning and our numbers are at 56.4 on a, what we call post matter. So after the case is over. So these post matter survey questions we send out, we're at 56.4, which is a, for those of you who hear 56 and go, oh, that's a failing grade. It is exactly the opposite of a failing yes. grade. So I've looked at multiple lawyer MPS survey results. And the average of all of those cases that I've looked at multiple surveys and sources is about 27. So the average lawyer is at 27. We're in family law, so we should be half of that at best because that includes all the happy law and estate planning and all that kind of stuff and the personal injuries and et cetera. We're in the area where people don't like to be the most probably other than maybe in probate court. So that means you're dead. So (laughs) um, outside of that, we're at 56.4, which is a testament to just exceptional client service from the part of our lawyers and our paralegals and our support team. So kudos to everyone on our team. This is like a high watermark over at least the last few years that I've seen 56.4. So we're more than double the average of lawyers in general. So yeah. And like some good comps that we looked at when we started this. Uh, so when we started the program to like see like, all right, what can we possibly do? What's the target that we're trying to aim at? Because uh, our our internal target is 50. So when we launched this, like we compared it to Disney, Disneyland experience, which at that point in that, so the around 2016, uh, they were at 84. So like going to Disney and riding on the rides and like meeting Mickey Mouse and doing all the things that are related to like what that looked like back in 2016 was at 84. Our target was 50 knowing we're working with people that are going through divorce or paternity action. We're pretty proud of that. 
Uh, we also wanted to crush the crush the industry standard. So I think we've done a good job with that. It was not without a lot of effort. A lot of learning over the years implemented. Well, cool. Thanks for uh, sharing this with us today. And um, anything yeah. you want to close with on MPS? If you're going to do it in a law firm, I would. You're going to run into challenges, but they're worth it. They help drive referrals. They help drive down your marketing costs. It's a super useful tool, but it is not without challenges. Right. Cool. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.